Hey listeners, welcome to the Learn to Code With Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that you can get the show notes for this episode and every other episode at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast player you listen on. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a review would be awesome too. Here's a quick word from our sponsors who help make the show possible. Firehost Project is an online coding bootcamp that fits around your busy schedule. They teach you the technical skills needed to launch a career in web development. For a free personalized career transition plan and $250 off the Firehost Project software engineering program, visit learntocodewith.me forward slash firehose. Interview Cake is an online resource that helps you prep for interviews so you can land your dream job in tech. To find out more and get 20% off, go to learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. Again, the URL is learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. In today's episode, I talk with Lillian Pearson, also known as Big Data Gal, who is a freelance data scientist. We talk about working remotely and traveling the world while doing so, building an online brand, and how she uses social media to land clients. Lillian Pearson is a freelance data scientist for SMEs and entrepreneurs. She's also a trainer, speaker, and coach for people who want to get into data science and analytics. Lillian is also the author of Data Science for Dummies, and before she got into data science, Lillian worked in engineering. Hey, Lillian, thank you so much for getting on the show. Hi, Laurence. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you. And as I mentioned before we hopped on the call, you're the third person I talked to so far this season who works in one way or another in data science. So really excited to be featuring data science as a career this season. It's something I'm personally really interested in. I always joke that if I could redo my tech career now, it was several years ago, I would have maybe taken the route of data science rather than, um, well, initially I was doing more so software engineering. But I digress. Let's get, let's get to you. Let's get to your story. What were you doing before you got into, te- into tech? Or is this something you were always doing? Were you always working in tech? Well, okay, so you, you when you say tech, um, I have to break that apart from STEM. So I got my license in environmental engineering. And um, tech, I think, is more of uh, like people working in the coding space. Like, I don't really think that traditional engineers, like in, um, I don't know, I didn't consider myself a member of tech when I was working as an environmental engineer. If that makes sense, I don't know how you what you how you classify that. Yeah, I mean, I to be totally honest, I'm not as familiar with environmental engineering, and I do like how you said STEM. So for you, that would definitely, I mean, that definitely falls under STEM, right? Like science, technology, engineering, math, environmental engineering would be in that umbrella. Yeah. So like, um, I don't know. I I taught myself coding. Well, okay. I like because in elementary school, like in, I don't know, it was like maybe nine, they put us down in front of an apple and taught us just a little bit of basic. And we had an 8086 computer in our garage because my stepdad was an engineer. So I taught myself, you know, basic um, coding at nighttime, like after school and stuff like that. So like that was my first exposure to coding. But then I went to the engineering program and 
Um, most of the stuff we actually did, like now looking back, I see where it all fit into data science, but you didn't actually code it yourself because there was applications that everyone used to, to actually get the results. So you would just plug in the numbers and then the application would spit out the result. So like it would be doing statistical analysis and this, this was applying statistical methods and this sort of thing. But um, from the perspective of an engineer, we were looking for, you know, input and output because we were designing systems. It sounds like, though, you studied environmental engineering um, at college, and that was your early experience, right? It was in environmental engineering, and then you later transitioned into data science. And I was then my, my next question was going to be, how did you end up getting interested in data science after, you know, studying environmental engineering? Yeah, well, okay, so... That is a good question, and it seems like it seems like such a natural extension to me, but I know it doesn't to most people. I've always been interested in data ever since, you know, like my first job in high school, which was like entering, you know, data entry. I was thinking about if we had enough numbers, I bet we could find correlation between like someone's, I don't know, birth date or where they live and like this other factor. So I've always been naturally interested in data, um, and then in college, I wasn't really, yeah, they had me, I always was working on projects. Like I was always working, having an internship and I was always working on projects with statistics or with building, you know, building databases or modeling spatial data. I was always working with the data, um, when in my internships during school. And then when I got out, again, that was my natural proclivity was to, um, work like hydraulic modeling or, you know, modeling, um, like all sorts of different spatial, like spatial modeling systems and stuff like that. So that was the stuff that I was interested in and good at. And then when they want, when I had to like, um, actually go and design systems and, you know, find the dimensions for like how many feet of pipe here and like what size of valve there and actually going and designing, that was not something that was like, super interesting to me. I always like to be the person who is like looking at like, okay, we have this, you know, what is the conductivity of the, you know, of the aquifer and how does water move through it and like using data to make predictions. So, um, I just, I moved in from, I moved from environmental engineering eventually into a role, which was it was at first it was GIS, which is geographic information systems. That's what I was hired to do. But then immediately they had me um, take the lead on a data analytics project. And then once I got into data analytics, I started, you know, really digging into like what's happening in the industry. And um, I found I found my passion. You know, I found I didn't even know there. Well, I don't think there was a thing too much of a thing called data science. Like it was new then. So. Um, like when I found that like someone's job could be just to like find insights and data, then I just knew I found my passion. And so like, I just really got into it and, um, (laughs) I've been on the path ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it's really great that like one of your, you know, 
your former careers, your former job led you to where you are now and you got to experience or, or work more with data analysis and you found out about this whole field. And I think you are right. Uh, actually, the another guest I had on, Alice Zhao, she was she studied analytics in univ- uh, I'm sorry, for her master's. And she was saying that at, when she first got into the program, the term data science wasn't really in use. It was it was like more so, oh, she went to school to study analytics and then it just, you know, that ended up becoming kind of data science and then that's what she does today. So I think it may be kind of a newish term, uh, or at least from my understanding. But of course, you're the, you're the expert, right? You, you wrote Data Science for Dummies, which I want to ask you about next. I'm probably jumping ahead a bit, but I'm just super curious, um, especially, of course, I think all the listeners are familiar with these, you know, the Four Dummies book, blah, you know, X for Dummies, and you wrote Data Science for Dummies. So how did that come about? Like, how did you go from working, right, as an environmental engineer to teaching yourself data science to then writing the book Data Science for Dummies? Um, okay, so I had I got a few years of experience doing what I would call spatial data science because I was using I was coding in Python to write scripts that would um, do like deep analysis on spatial data, and so like it was it wasn't just like an immediate transition, but I worked as a consult or I worked for as an employee for a while. And uh, I start, I already knew when I took that job that I wanted to build my own business. So what I did was I just like at nighttime, I just pretty much worked like <laughs> uh, almost 80 hours a week, you know, because I would work in the daytime. And then at night I would work on building my, you know, like my online business. And I did that for a few years. And then I eventually had enough business that I could quit my job. And I did that. And um, I was still blogging a lot. You know, and so like, anyway, that's kind of how like I made the transition. And then the story of actually how I got the, the, um, the book, you know, the book deal was just like, um, I don't know. It was pretty cool. I was just, I was, I had been living in Chiang Mai. So I would say, okay, since this is kind of what I did was I quit my job and I just decided that I wanted to, you know, have like a laptop business. So travel the world and work remotely and so I was already doing that. And um, I lived in Chiang Mai, which is in northern Thailand, for several months. And I wanted to go. I was going up to Bali. So I was boarding the plane <laughs> on Bali um, in Bangkok on my way to Bali. And I checked my email one last time. And I had an email from an editor with, like, a full book deal with all the requirements and how much they were paying me. And so then I was like, okay, well, you know, I can't, <laughs> it's kind of intimidating, but I'm not going to say no to that. So, um, yeah. So that's how I ended up writing that book. Yeah. That's really awesome. So they found you through your blog. Yeah. So that was, a, that's the trick. Like, how do you exit? Like, how do you make a transition from some environmental engineer to like being a book author? Well, I established credibility and I, I demonstrated my skills by blogging and by like, um, you know, demonstrating what I could do online and promoting it. So people kind of knew who I was and I, that's how it happened. Yes, I love that. And I've never, never from a, uh, the Four Dummies series or whatever publications behind that, but I have been contacted as well about book deals, much smaller ones since, because of my blog. So uh, for the listeners, I think blogging is a great way if you ever want to kind of make bridge the gap from your, you know, your full-time career to writing a book about it and getting a book deal, the, the blogging, building an audience definitely makes sense. So I'm curious, are you still blogging today or is that something that you, 
um, were doing a few years ago. No, I still blog today because I have a business. And so it's like kind of one of those things that it's important to keep offering, you know, like um, trying to like help readers and help people in, in the general public. Though I blog, um, I've been trying to do like once per week, but it's kind of tough lately. And um, yeah, it's it's like I have to juggle things, right? Because I'm also developing products and delivering products and doing way too many things. So what I've started doing is just like hiring people to help me because I can't, you know, not with the blogging, but with other stuff. It's just like, I can't do it all, but it, you know, um, my, I'm not able to help as many people if I'm not out there blogging because blogging is like a really important, basically, okay, I'm just going to be straightforward. <laughs> like blogging is really important for inbound marketing, right? So yes. it's bringing traffic and it lets people know how I can help them and I'm able to share with them. So we get, you know, build a, start building relationships with people. And, um, so I need to keep blogging, but it's super hard <laughs> when I'm like traveling all over the world with a little baby, trying to run a business and like it. Yes, yes. I, so I want to talk about that some more, the travel specifically. So I have a ton of um, people listen to the show and people who read the blog who are dying to get that. Uh, I think you call it the laptop lifestyle, the remote lifestyle, right, where you're <clears throat> traveling and working simultaneously. So I kind of have two questions. First, is that still what you're doing today? And even if you're not, could you talk just more about how you ended up doing that? How you ended up quitting your job, traveling, working remotely? And um, I just know the listeners would love to hear about it. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay, so is that still what I'm doing today? Actually, I just wrote a post today. So um, about so this year I traveled. I'm traveling three times. Okay, we live first. Sorry, it's like a little disjointed. I'm living on an island in Thailand. And I have three trips, this year is three trips to Dubai, two trips to Kuala Lumpur, Munich, Istanbul, Singapore, Bali, and Los Angeles in one year. So that's like my kind of travel thing. Yeah. And, but we, you know, try to, I try to work from home as much as possible because I've got a little, like she's one year and four months and we have like an office here and a nanny and it's like really, it's hard to travel with a little baby. So we're kind of just, you know waiting it out for a while until she gets older and it will be easier to travel. This is my version of being stationary um, is like what I just told you. But you're asking how can people get into like doing this whole like traveling and be able to work remotely thing was the next question, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I did was I, like I said, I, I just actually so um, <laughs> it's not, I think the hardest part about making that transition is people getting over their fear factor. And a lot of people like, um, well, for me, it was like, I wanted to do this so bad. I was afraid, you know, my biggest fear about quitting my job and moving overseas was that like, it wasn't like, Oh, what if, what if I'll fail? What if I, you know, it was like, what if I die before I make this happen and I don't get the chance to do it? That was my biggest fear. So like, because once you actually get out here, it's like there are so many avenues for things you can do to earn money. And um, but I was and there's a lot of there's a lot of people like traveling all the time and just trying to like figure out ways to make money like as they travel. And I don't I don't advise that because I've seen some friends of mine, some great people really struggle um, because they didn't put in the work beforehand. And it like 
those two years that I spent like working online and trying to like build a business and figure out how things work like online um, before I left actually were very helpful because when I when I left like I had a little bit of business but I also ha- I had built something that I could like bring in jobs and then um, so I had I, I re- recommend that anyone that wants to travel and work is just like start building a presence and like start doing stuff by, you know, before you leave and kind of build up, you know, some clients, establish some relationships. And like, as far as getting jobs, like your first jobs or whatever, outside of employment, I'm not an employee and (laughs) I probably never will be again. Um, I did find one time I got a job on something. It was like, it was Elance and it was a marketing, it was like a sort of like data-driven marketing job. And um, so one time, I did a job through, you know, one of the websites and my advice for people all the time is like, how do I get a job? You know, like, how do I get started? And, um, what I did was I took a copywriting course. I teach this to all my, I I teach all the strategies and methods to my students and my, or my protégés in my program. But like, just to tell you what I did to learn how, like, you just like, I took a course on copywriting and then I wrote my job um, you know, my, my, whatever, my cover letter, which really was just a sales letter, but I wrote it in the style like that I would learned in the copywriting course. And then I immediately, like within one week of trying to find like a job online, I had someone that wanted me like full time, make, you know, I was basically going to make like four or five times the amount of money I needed to live just like, and I didn't have any experience on that platform. It's like, you don't need to have a ton of experience. It's all in like how you approach people and like caring about the people's need. No one, like I had to learn, like people really don't care about like me, they care about themselves. And so like, I need to show them that I care about them and I want to help them. This is how I can. And like that, you know, like that kind of message. And it just, it's a game changer in terms of like, um, the, you know, like getting jobs through those platforms. We're taking a quick break from this interview to hear a word from our sponsors who help make the Learn to Code with Me podcast a reality. Firehost Project is an online coding bootcamp that fits around your busy schedule. Through personalized one-on-one mentorship and a robust curriculum, they prepare you to launch a career as a web developer. Often, the biggest thing that prevents people from learning to code is not having the right support in place. Here's their CEO, Marco Marowak, with a tip on how to set yourself up for success when learning to code. You should absolutely get a mentor or personal trainer when learning how to code and breaking into web development. For looking at the research and we're looking at our students, people who get one-on-one training, they actually outperform all other students by up to 98%. Firehose are offering a free personalized career transition plan and $250 off their software engineering program. Head to learntocodewith.me forward slash firehose to learn more. One of my all-time favorite resources for techies is Interview Cake, a tool that helps you practice technical interview questions so you can land your first or next job in tech. When you join Interview Cake, you get over 50 hours of technical interview practice questions. The questions cover a range of different languages, including Java, Python, and Ruby. You get hints to help you through the process and walkthroughs of the answers you don't understand. Interview Cake has helped people land jobs at Google, 
Amazon, Apple, and other top companies. What's more, the guys at Interview Cake are so confident that they'll be able to help you that if you don't get the job you go for, they'll give you your money back. You either get a life-changing job or a complete refund. There's seriously nothing to lose. And I've managed to get 20% off the price for Learn to Code With Me podcast listeners via my affiliate link. Just go to learntocodewith.me forward slash cake and the discount will be automatically applied. Again, the URL is learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. Yes, I love that. And I love your little tip on taking a course on copywriting. Um, You know, I write often. I blog and and I write a lot in my full-time job as well. And I 100% agree, like, writing is such an important skill to have and really, like, a, a... a a cover letter or anything like a portfolio website, whatever. It's really like a sales letter, as you said. And it makes a ton of sense how a course on copywriting would help you land more clients and just position yourself better. And also the point you made about caring about the needs of the clients and really solving their problems, right? Putting themselves first, not putting as much, um, you know, well, well, in the way that you put attention on yourself in, in a way that is going to solve their problems and making it about them, not you. So that also makes a ton of sense. Real quick, what island do you live on in Thailand now? I live on an island called Koh Samui. Okay, cool. So uh, for some of the listeners, I think know this already, but I used to live in Thailand. I actually lived in Thailand for nine months after college. So I am familiar. I've never been to Koh Samui, but I am familiar with it, with that island. Very, I hear it's very... Gorgeous. I have friends who've been there. So I'm sure, like myself and some of the listeners are very jealous. That's really awesome that you, that you made that work. We'll come back. Yeah. We're still I would, here. Oh Thailand my gosh. Is still here. I know. I know. I would love to go back. I, I keep thinking about it. I've been, I've actually got to travel to 13 different countries in um, Southeast Asia and East Asia. And I was in Thailand, yeah, for nine months, which is, I think, the longest I've ever been somewhere. Yeah, it was fun. But, okay, so you so you mentioned your travel schedule this year, and you're still going to a bunch of places. Is that mostly for work, like, or is it more so for pleasure, or what are you... What are you doing when you go to Dubai and I think you mentioned Kuala Lumpur and a few other places? Yeah. So um, all of those trips that I mentioned were for work except for um, Bali, which was for my birthday. (laughs) But um, so I go to Dubai and I give training and same thing with Kuala Lumpur. Both of those trips are to give training. And then Munich and Istanbul were like influencer events because I also do influencer work. And then Singapore was to meet with a potential client. And Los Angeles was because I oh I have some courses on um, lindas.com or LinkedIn Learning uh, for like Python for data science and stuff like that. So we were, the whole family and I <laughs> were out in California um, yeah. at the beginning of the year to record that stuff. Oh, awesome. Is the course out yet? The course on Linda? Mm-hmm, it is. I have three out and I'm like slowly I'm supposed to get this course done for deep learning. I have a deep learning course I'm working on. I just need to record it. So I've, I'm going to have four, four courses there. Yeah. And I, and I'm familiar with this, but for listeners who aren't, so Linda is, you know, LinkedIn's platform, which is now owned by Microsoft and they have a huge like studio and, and headquarters outside of LA. And that's where I think all or most of the instructors go to do recording for the courses that they produce and that's awesome that you're making those courses. And it just, 
So, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the sense that I'm getting, the picture that I'm painting is that you have this really strong online brand, right? We haven't even mentioned yet um, your Instagram or your Twitter handle, which is Big Data Gal. And for the listeners, I w- I've been following Lillian on Instagram for a while, and I didn't even connect the dots. I kind of feel like, duh, but I didn't even connect the dots that this Lillian was oh, the person. you didn't? No, I, no, I didn't. I, I, I was looking at this. Anyway, I was, I feel like, what the heck? So I, so... The people I follow on Instagram, I feel like there's kind of a disconnect when I use Instagram versus other social media platforms because when I use Instagram, it's really for like pleasure and I follow a bunch of people, but I'm kind of like, I don't post that much on Instagram, so I'm kind of like tuned out. I don't know. And I I know people's handles, like I knew Big Data Gal, but I didn't know that you're, I didn't, maybe I saw your first name was Lillian, but I didn't like connect the dots of the relation between them all. Instead, I was looking at like your LinkedIn and, um and other social media platforms, not your Twitter or your, I know it sounds, it sounds crazy now. I'm like, how did I, how did I realize this? And also your new set. How did you find me? So I have people help me find guests for the show now, Um, which is awesome. Yeah. So like you who have contractors who help you run your business, I have people who help me as well behind the scenes in a multitude of ways. I would not be able to do as much as I do if it weren't for the people helping me. Cause also, um, and the, the listeners know this, but I also work full time. So I have like, you know, the full time nine to five during the you day. Do? Yes, yes, I do. That is mind boggling because <laughs> your business is just like, it's like it floored me when I saw what you're doing over there. I thought this is so professional. Like, how could I ever make something this good? Like, I, this, and you still have a full time job. And that is like, oh, my goodness. Well, thank you. That's very flattering. And for the listeners. So so and I'm going to shine shine more Lenny. But Lillian has like 30,000 Instagram followers. You have what? 60,000 Twitter followers. Um, you've wrote and you're teaching Linda courses. I mean, to me, you're doing I mean, you're doing an amazing job. I I, I didn't even again, taking out the dots of painting this bigger picture. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And where where I was going with this was your you have this really strong online brand and it's to me it seems like these these is helping you right lead into these other opportunities like teaching the Linda courses writing the data science for dummy books all of it yeah and it just all kind of like and I've kind of experienced similar but I feel like once you get the ball rolling it's like easier and just more opportunities come your way absolutely like all I all of the work that I've done is all come to me and like I told you the one time on the um the the elance or whatever that was like when I went for work but I used I built a brand that basically it is inbound marketing so it brings like targeted people that are interested in what I have to offer to my website and so that's what yeah that's what I actually so I have a coaching program which is how I teach people how to do this for themselves cuz I spent so long you know like learning and um yeah. So that's how it, that's how my business works. And I probably could be doing a lot more work if I knew how, you know, was better at like direct marketing and like going and trying, you know, I'm not, see, I'm not like really the type of person that wants to go and try and sell something to someone, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. No, it sounds like you're doing a great job as is like, and, and also you're, I mean, who wants to be, I don't know, to me, I'm like, who wants to be direct marketing all day, right? You, you live in Thailand, you have a family, you're traveling, like, I mean, hey, let the let the people come to you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it's it works out, and it's just like fun stuff. And like, I talked to someone the other day, and they have a client. They're working with HBO, and they wanted to see if I could do like coaching and training for them. And I was like, you know, that would be, and I could do it from home. Like now, I got to start. Like I've started doing like webcasts, like training, live training, but from Thailand. 
And like, yes, I can do that for HBO. Like, please send them, you know, you know, we'll work it out. I can do live training from my home office in Thailand for HBO. It's just like really cool stuff, but you just like, um, and yeah, so this is all going to like the advice I have to give people because like none of that, if I had like give, if I had sat with what was going to be given to me in my career, um, not, yeah, I would have like missed, missed out on so much, you know, not just business, but like my, of the things that I really love in life. I just think that like, there's so much out there, you know, that you could be doing. Like, it's just a matter of going out there and getting it. Yeah. This is all amazing. And I love that you're now teaching people how to do the same thing that you did and that you went from, you know, being expert in data science, writing a blog, having you know, this Instagram and Twitter, and now you're teaching people basically to replicate what you did. And I think that's, I mean, it, it's, that's so great. And it just like, to me, it really also paints a picture of like success. Like it's like, it's like now you're teaching others to do what you did in a different way. Like before it was a data science. And I mean, you're still doing data science training, of course, but you're also helping people in this other way. So for your coaching, um, is this like in an online course? Do you work with people one-on-one? -on -one? How do you do that? And what I mean here is like when you're helping people position themselves in this way and land these kind of opportunities that you landed. So right now, I the first thing I did was I sold, I started a coaching program, which it's a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for people that want to get into either data analytics, data science, or data engineering, because are the, those are the industries in tech that I know the best. But um, so I've been, you know, I have clients, and it's really funny because I like never even, um, you know, I knew it was a winner because I never marketed it. I just put, I just built. The I just built the, um, you know, like the sales page and set up the configured my system. And then um, I started getting clients. So then I was like, OK, I need to, you know, figure, you know, get all of this information that's in my head out into a program. I had something structured, but I needed to fill it all in. So now I have clients and it's just like I haven't even marketed it and I've been pretty busy with that. And then what I want to do actually. So. Um, the two things that helped me to know that this was a great direction to go in is one that I like built, I kind of patterned, um, I patterned my program off of another woman's program that I saw, like, just like her, what application she uses. And like, I just really liked what she was doing with her business. So like I made a version of that for mine and I started getting like clients right away. And, um, so like then the other part that, then I like took uh, um, my own my own coaching, like a coaching program for me, and it really like helped me in my business. So like I thought I didn't realize people were doing this. Like I have beat my head up against the wall for like this entire time, figuring out everything on my own, like how to build build this tech business, and like you know like it's been a lot of work and. I did not know that I could join a program and that I could, someone would tell me what works. I didn't have to like trial and error the whole internet by myself. <laughs> and so like now I'm like super excited and I'm always going to be in one program or another because it's helping my business so much. But based on that experience, I think what I'm going to do is one transition my one-on-one -on -one program, um, coaching program to a group coaching program. And then I'm going to make it like, um, like break it out into something that keep an offering for people that are data professionals and they want to focus on that, but kind of try and help 
like the tech, the freelancers in tech or people that want to build their own business in the tech industry. And like, um, because I built a business in the tech industry, so I can serve the tech industry as well as anyone, but I'm not talking about the startup type coaching programs because I'm not, I'm the type of person I don't want any funding. Like I don't want any outside investor coming in and owning anything or answer, you know what I'm saying? Answering to people. I don't want that. So for, for a type of like independent, either tech freelancing or tech, um, you know, like, uh, entrepreneurship. So I'm thinking of tra- transitioning it out to something like that and making it a group, group coaching program, but that will be next year. I'm hoping like April, I've got a lot of work to do between now and then. <laughs> Yeah, this is also exciting though, and it's really awesome to see how your like career and life has evolved over the last several years and all the opportunities that have come your way. And I tell listeners all the time the importance of just having a strong brand, uh, having a you know a website in the least, you know, social using social media as a tool. And these are all things that you're doing extremely well. So I'm so happy that we got to have you on. Um, and lastly, I just wanted to ask one more final question, uh, and more so about social, more so about social media. And I'm, I, you have a lot more followers than, than I do on social media. And I'm wondering, has that helped your career at all? Like has having a strong Instagram presence or a Twitter presence, has that, have you like seen any clear connections from that helping with the opportunities that have come your way or has it been mostly through the blogging and like maybe the speaking and other events that you do in person? No, I think it almost, I would say about 80% of the opportunities that come to me are from my social presence. Oh, wow. So even more. Okay. So a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Most of it. Cause like I don't blog, especially now, like I'm not, um, I'm not doing the kind of heavy duty blogging that I was in the past. And like, anyway, the type of work I was getting from the blogging was mostly um, like writing work and I don't want to do writing work. So, but you know what? I took it at first. I took it at first and it paid, it paid the bills until I could build my business doing something else. So I would write, you know what I'm saying? So like the blogging helps, the, the social media helps, um, the like having, like having, making it, you know, like making a presence where it kind of flows together and it's kind of like very clean and makes sense. Like all of that helps. And then it's just a matter of like, I don't know, keeping going. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, and okay. So that, that was going to be my last question, but now I want to ask, when did you first start to like, when did you first create your blog? I usually ask that sooner. So I'm so sorry. It's at the end, but what year was that? Like the big data gal blog that you first started? Um, 2012. Okay. So about like five or so years ago, I didn't even have a Facebook. Like I was totally up until like 2011. I had like my Facebook down. Cause I didn't, I didn't know why you would want anyone to know what's going on in your life if they're not like in your life. Yeah. It didn't make, you know, and then I learned about the workplace and the modern workplace. It's not like when I was growing up where you go and you submit like you know, the whole thing where you send a letter in the mail, you submit your resume and like, it's just totally different now. And so like the presence just like is a game changer for getting a job. And then by the time I had built this presence, I got so many different opportunities to work independently that although I got a really like cool job, like, you know, come interview with us or whatever, I was like, no, I don't want to do that because I want to just work on my own. And the presence 
you know, so then it just like would bring job opportunities, but also so many different like freelancing type work things that I just didn't need a job anymore. Yes, I love that we're talking about this because I have questions all the time come from people about not, you know, really wanting to use social media or not feeling like it's a good tool. And now you're even um, inspiring me to to start to pay more attention again to social media. It was something that I used to pay a lot of attention to, and then I sort of drifted off. I think well, for me, I go in sort of cycles with it. But hearing that so many of your opportunities in one way or another have stemmed from so- social media is really a great reminder to me, and I think to everyone else, how important that is. And exactly as you said, the modern workplace. So, and and just how people are, you know, getting jobs nowadays. But let me add, let me add that what you're doing um, with your brand and your business, it's like, see, you're, you're strong in areas where I'm weak. And like, so I know that social media and like having a strong presence on social media has worked for me, but like. I, um, there's a lot of areas where I'm still learning, like, how do I build processes for my customers? How do I like build an amazing customer experience? Like all of this stuff isn't, that's not social media. And like, so, um, you know, like social media is part of it, but then if you're building your own business, then there's a lot of other components, you know, that you need to be solid on that. Like I'm still learning and still like growing every day. So (laughs) Definitely. It's not the end all. (laughs) Yeah. And me too. And I'm very flattered that you said that. Thank you so much, Lillian. And thank you so much again for coming on the show. I really loved having you here. We spoke a ton about like your online presence, everything. So where can people find you online? Um, I'm most active. I'm most active on Instagram as big data gal. Um, but I also am like a, um, I'm also, I have a, I'm an influencer on LinkedIn. So I'm, you know, publishing a lot there. And then also Twitter is Big Data Gal. And on LinkedIn, I am Lillian Pearson. So awesome. Well, we'll definitely include all these links in the show notes to your different social media handles and other things we talked about along the way. Thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy learning about the tech industry through this podcast and you're wondering how to enter it yourself, you should consider doing some freelancing. If that sounds scary, don't worry. I've put together a freelance starter guide for newcomers to the tech field. It will help you work out if freelancing is right for you, how to get your first client, how much to charge, and loads more. Oh, and it's 100% free. Request your copy at learntocodewith.me forward slash freelance. And thanks for listening to the Learn to Co with Me podcast today. Take care.